So how many have ever seen, there's a show out called Married at First Sight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's okay. It's a rhetorical, you don't have to answer. You guys have heard about it, right? You heard about Married at First Sight. So, believe it or not, we sometimes we we just, you know, we're flipping through channels. We'll stop for a little bit to see something, and then, oh, my goodness, what a crazy, you know what I mean? It's like, so, it, anyway, the whole gist of this is, you know, there's, there's uh, websites that aren't, they're not websites. They're, what are they? Where people, uh, dating sites, where they find each other on these dating sites, dating apps. And it's all based on your likes and dislikes. And I know some people that's been very successful. Uh, one of my dearest friends I went to high school with, she met her husband that way. Anyway, a computer lines you up according to your likes and your dislikes. And the whole gist of this show, Married at First Sight, is this computer has chosen your mate for you. And you don't know who you're marrying. You're going to marry somebody. And so there's all this planning and preparing, and they buy a, a beautiful wedding dress, and they pick out their bridesmaids and their whoever, whomever they want to be in the wedding. There's flowers. There's, there's a whole reception. There's a whole wedding that is prepared. And they open the door, and ta-da, that's who you get, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and they've never seen this person they walk down the aisle, and they introduce themselves to each other. Hello, my name is Kim. My, my name is blah, blah, you know. And they write vows to commit their lives to these people they don't know. It's really interesting. Our world is really interesting. <laughs> but it made me think of something as I was studying today, and, and I'll get to my point here in a minute. Our daughter got married. Has it been eight years ago now? And... Uh, it was our first time around, you know, going through the whole married, getting someone married and all that good stuff. We've done weddings, but it was like putting it together was a whole nother ball game with limited funds. <laughs> that was fun. And uh, so the process, she wanted to handle all of it, and I just barely got involved, you know, where I could. And uh, I felt like, you know, I'll do what I can. I'll prepare as I can. Um, and then right before, I think I've shared a little bit, but right before the wedding, several of us got sick. My father-in-law, he got sick while he was there. Uh, it was January 1, by the way, so what a fun time to get everybody gets sick. And I was so sick, I tried to get up. I actually went to the rehearsal dinner. It was at the Oasis, and... They sat us in, in tables with people because it, it was their deal. You know, the dinner is their deal. And so there were some things there that we were not happy because we don't partake. And we were like, ooh. You know, so anyway, they sat us with some in tables for pe with people that we didn't know. So we would purposefully, we would get to know people. So they sat me next to one of the family members, I won't say who, who didn't remember anything that you said. So here I am, my head is spinning, my stomach is awful. 
and this older person is asking me the same questions over and over and over again. And I thought, I am going to scream. Get me out of here. <laughs> she kept wanting to know about Braden. She didn't understand the whole thing. I kept explaining, explaining, explaining. And I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do this. I can't stay here. I was so sick. Literally just. So Patsy drove me home. I went to bed. I missed the whole rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner and the worship night. We did a worship night. I forgot that. The night before, we did a worship night with the Beermans and the Bears, and it was a grand old time, I hear. <laughs> I was not there. And uh, so then Hayden comes up sick, and uh, lots of people were just dealing with all this sickness. Buyers were so great, they brought an IV bag and IV'd Hayden out in the van <laughs> so he'd have the strength to, to make it through the wedding. So uh, I think I slept for 12 hours straight that night, and I prayed. My mom said, go to bed. You don't want to miss the wedding. At least if you get some rest, maybe you can make the wedding. I thought, God, I have one and only daughter. I want to make her wedding. So I get to the wedding, and everybody's moving around doing stuff. Now, I did help set up because we, we, we got this uh, venue that was new, and they were so gracious. And the wedding was on a Wednesday because we had to do it on a different day because of all the ministry people in our family. We can't do it on weekends because people are have places to go and people to see and places to preach. So we can't do it on weekends. We did it on Wednesday. So they were so wonderful. They let us have, like, what, two days to set up, three days, something like that. Plus, Wednesday was the first, and Haley wanted it on, for whatever reason, January 1. She's got to be special. She's a special one. She is. She's special. This year is her 30th. We're going to have a party, y'all. I'm just giving you a little note. Party for Haley on the 30th, and everybody's invited. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Plan. Anyways, my point to all this is I get to the wedding. My head is just still kind of in la-la land. I feel completely unprepared. All I know is I'm the mother of the bride where I walk down uh, what I'm supposed to do. I didn't have, thank God I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to sing. I didn't have to talk. All I had to do was look nice and come and sit down on the front. My husband and his father did the wedding. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't even sing. It was, it was grand. So I come into the wedding and I just kind of went through the motions. But I felt so, and I still... I still feel unattached. It really, really hurt me that I was so detached from my daughter's wedding. Other things happened. I lost my diamond that week. Other things happened. It was like crazy. And I just felt so unprepared. Now I'm getting to what I want to talk about. I want to talk to you tonight about preparations. Look at Matthew 25. How many know the story about the virgins, the ten virgins? So I really felt led to talk about this tonight. I don't want anybody to get mad at me because I'm following the Holy Ghost. This is actually out of the passion. I did it so you could really get the meaning of it. At the time, my coming draws near. 
Heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared. That was me on that day. (laughs) I felt ill-prepared. But the Bible says they were foolish. Five of them were foolish and ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. Five of them were wise and sensible, for they took flask of olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come, when they expected, he was delayed, one scripture, or one translation says, they all grew drowsy, all, all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Then suddenly, in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, get up, the bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. Now, I just want to stop, because in that show, I'm just imagining it being like us, because we're the, we're the bride. You guys know that. He's the bridegroom. Jesus is coming for his bride. What would it be like if we were married at first sight? And, of course, he knows who we are. He knew us from the very beginnings. But if we aren't spending the time necessary to be prepared, if we aren't filling our lamps with oil, when we walk down that aisle, we're going to say, Hello, my name is Kim Beerman. I'm part of the bride. I, you know who I am, but I don't really know you that well because I haven't taken time to put oil in my lamp. I haven't brought extra oil. The word says they brought extra. So, what verse did I land on? Uh, seven. So all the girls got up and trimmed their lamps. There's a key there. But the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, share your oil with us. You'll have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five girls were out buying the oil, the bridegroom appeared. So while they were out trying to fill their lamps, because they were scurrying about, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And then the door was locked. How many other places do we know in the scripture where the door was locked? And there was a warning. Noah. Later, the five foolish girls came running up to the door and pleaded, Lord, Lord, let us come in. They did the same thing. But he called back, go away. Do I even know you? Now, I don't know about you. Well, I know about you, but I don't ever want the Lord to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Those are the worst words we could ever hear. And what can we do to avoid hearing those words? Know him. Be filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit daily, daily hourly but he called back go away do I know you I can assure you I don't even know you that is the reason you should always stay awake and be alert because you don't know the day or the hour when the bridegroom will appear so obviously we are the bride of Christ and the forefront of this metaphor is is actually relationship you know we were 
talking last night about the importance of relationship with the word. The spirit and the word, they go together. And if you try to have the word without the spirit, it becomes dry and it becomes uh, uh, just another religion. It really does. And religion kills, but the spirit brings life. And I was sharing last night about the story of Jim Jones, how he, you guys know the story about Jim Jones? He was a, a head of a cult. And at first, he was a good man. He was leading people uh, according to the word. He taught the word, from what I understand. I don't know the whole story. So if I'm incorrect, please let me know. But eventually, he got away from a relationship with the Lord. He was full of pride, full of himself, and he based everything on just what he thought the word meant. Then he moves these people off somewhere to New Guinea. Or where, where was it? Somewhere. Where? Ghana. Africa. Yeah. And kills 800 of them. Kool-Aid man, right? Don't drink the Kool-Aid if you don't know if it's free of poison. <laughs> and he was without the spirit. He was just trying to do things in and of himself. He became full of himself and he threw the Bible down and said, we're no longer following after this. That's when I would have ran. <laughs> well, maybe before that. But then all those people drank that Kool-Aid and he killed eight or 900 people. See, we have to have the word, but we have to have the spirit. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. You can't just read the word and say, oh, I did my thing. We can't just say that we're... we're I don't read. I don't like to read. I've heard people say this. I don't like to read the Bible. Well, there's lots of ways to get in the Word. It's audible now for you. It's simple. But if you're not in the Word, you're not growing. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not growing. You are stagnant. Your, your lamp is empty of oil, and you are running dry. And you're going to be one of these that says, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jesus. I want to I be a part of the end time revival. See, I believe what this is here, because if you look back, look back at the scripture, it says, at the time my coming draws near, heaven's kingdom realm can be compared to 10 maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet, who did they meet? The bridegroom and his bride. So those 10 those 10 virgins are representative of bridesmaids. And I believe this represents the body of Christ. It's another representation of who we are. It's the church. This isn't the saved and the unsaved. This is the church. Because it's talking about at the end that you'll stand before him and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. Well, there's a lot of Christians that are calling themselves Christians, but they're not living like Christians. And they're saying, I'm born again. And they're not, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And like Married at first sight, they walk down the aisle and they look at Jesus and go, who are you again? Are you my bridegroom? He knows you, but you don't know him because you've not been spending any time with him. And so there's no oil in your lamp. All right. Are you guys good? Is this too heavy? So bridesmaids are the church. And the bridesmaids are the ones who are invited to be a part. They're special. There's something hand-picked about them. There's, they have a special role. We have a special role in the last days. We have a call. We've been invited to be a part of it. And there's going to be five that are going to be ready, and there's going to be five that are not going to be ready. Because that's, I'm not saying 
you know, but there will be those that aren't ready. There will be those that are ready. So they waited in the house of the bride to meet the groom. So five were prepared and five were not. Why didn't they get ready? Why do you think people don't get ready? Well, there's distractions. There's busyness. There's many are in seasons of hardships. A lot of times we're focused on the wrong thing. And I'm just going to say every one of us have been there or doing it. Every one of us have or are doing it. None of us are exempt from this. I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm saying it's me, myself, and I, and all of us. We get wrapped up in, in the cares of life, in the stuff that we're doing. And where is Jesus in the midst of all that we're doing? Where's our relationship with him? And a little dab here and a little dab here, is that really a relationship? Because I know if I just gave my husband a little dab here and a little dab there, it's not enough. This man is a touchy-feely man and words of affirmation, and he needs lots of it to feel loved. I mean it good. <laughs> He's looking at me like, we'll talk later. <laughs> But I'm just saying, a little dab won't do him. <laughs> so, they didn't get ready because they were too busy. They had hardships. They had distractions. They were entangled. They were other things. So, in verse 7, it says, the women went out and they trimmed their lamps. Did you guys notice that in verse 7? Why did they trim their lamps? Because the oil in the wise virgin's lamps represent their righteous living and obedience. We each fill our own lamp, which represents our own life with our obedience and our righteousness. So we do it ourselves. Heavenly Father's blessing to us for our righteous actions cannot be given to the disobedient. And I looked it up, just naturally speaking, why? I mean, I know why I trim my candles down. How many do that? You trim it down so it burns correctly. And it says it burns cleaner and brighter. So to me, what that trimming down is, is correction. And you know, the word says that it's the word of God's been given to us for correction, instruction, and rebuke. Have you ever noticed that two of those are like not fun? Instruction is good, but correction and rebuke, two of them are not fun out of three. So there must be a reason we need those things to give us some, uh, some trimming of our lamp so that we'll burn brighter and more effective. And cleaner for the kingdom. Amen? Okay, so moving on. So part of the church is lukewarm. I would say a lot of the church is lukewarm. I would say a lot of churches out there that call them churches are not really churches with Jesus in the center. There's a lot of men-centered, agenda-centered, flash-centered, how many people can we get centered you know, all kinds of other things centered. And I'm not, I'm not speaking against anybody here. I'm just saying we got to keep our eyes on the right thing to stay centered <laughs> with what, what God wants us to do in this hour. Amen? You know, I, I just was invited to a, a ladies, uh, I told, was sharing with the ladies last night, a, a women in the ministry. And there were about 50 ladies there, and they were, they were all handpicked to be there. I said, can I bring somebody with me? No, you can't. You have to come alone. I was like, okay. I got to fly to Alabama all by myself. Anyway, it was fine. So, but uh, there was a reason why they, they had these ladies there 
uh, in particular because there was impartations and things that they wanted to talk about for the hour that we're living in and our place in the kingdom and to encourage us and to uh, impart vision and to stir us up in what God's called us to do for this hour. And I thought, man, I'm, I feel so privileged that they asked me. And, and, of course, some of the ladies that we've had here for the women's ministry, uh, uh, women's, what do you call it? Bloom, yes. Um, they were there. And so I was like, wow, this is really cool. So we go into prayer. And I shared this with our prayer group on Sunday morning. We go into prayer. And uh, there's all these seasoned, uh, very, you know, in my mind, they're very, um, uh, I look up to these ladies. They, they're, they're very, they've been in the ministry a long time. They've traveled with Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland, you know, uh, lots of different people that, that you know, we know and, and carry a strong anointing. And, it's, and I'm not name dropping and I'm not looking up to man, but I do honor the office. And because of that, I just saw something, two things. I saw there was such honor, there was such honor for each other, and for the one who was given out, that the Holy Spirit was able just to flow. It was just such a sweet, sweet spirit. And there were some things, I mean, not one person got up. We didn't get up to go to the bathroom. We weren't drinking water or drinking things, you know, coffee or whatever. We were, we were fixed on what the word was coming at, what word was coming at us. We were fixed on our hearts receiving from what he had for us. It was like sitting on the edge of my chair wanting to know what, what do you have for me? I came all this way. I, I, you know, it cost me a little bit to get there. And I want to know what I'm here, why I'm here. And so I think because of that honor, God put deposits. God moved. The Holy Spirit was, had freedom to move in the place. There wasn't people sitting back on their heels saying, eh, I don't know about what you just said. I don't know if I really like what you're wearing today. I don't know if I like that song. Pastor Steve, fix your hair. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like those glasses. I'm sorry, I'm picking on it. But, you know, there wasn't any of that. It was all, I'm here. God, give me everything you've got. I, I just want to receive. I'm not even thinking about the bathroom. I never thought about the bathroom for two or three hours. It was like, you know, why can't we just, we can sit in a movie for two and a half hours. Why can't we just sit in service and absorb what the Holy Spirit and I'm picking on little things, but these little things add up to big things. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And, you know, the Holy Spirit will come in like a dove, but like a dove, he will leave. I, I've, heard, I've heard women who, and men who are prayer warriors say, when you get into the place in his presence and the anointing is so saturating the room, you don't even blow your nose. You very lightly just, because you don't want to make a noise where, the Holy Spirit just, oh, there he went. Because we need to honor the presence of the Lord. We need to honor him so he can move and have his way. So back to my first story. When I went into the room to pray with all these ladies, they're all seasoned women. And I knew they probably all could have gotten up and said something. And I thought, Lord, the whole, you know, when you're in the room with any other person, like that, the, all of a sudden the comparison game flips up and you start comparing yourself to them and thinking, oh, well, you know, they can pray down the anointing in this room quicker than a hat, the drop of a hat. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. And the Holy Spirit showed me a picture. He said, this room is like two hands. 
He said, there are things to be pulled down in the spirit right now. And when your hands work together, it's not just one finger pulling it down. It's all fingers pulling it down. My brother-in-law has four fingers. He's missing his thumb. He has to have that second hand to grip. He can't, he can't grip. Can you imagine trying to grip with four, just this? He needs both hands to grab a hold. And the Holy Spirit said there's different strengths in each finger. But every joint is bringing a supply of the Spirit. And every joint is reaching up into the heavenlies and pulling down what we need in the Spirit right now as we pray in the Holy Ghost. And on top of that, every finger has its own identity. My fingerprints have their own identity. And so I'm needed, you're needed, you're needed, you're needed. We're all needed. Because our identity in Christ is what's needed as the body of Christ to reach up into the heavenlies and pull down what the Holy Spirit has for us for this hour. So I want to just say to you, your part is important. And when you're not here, we're missing a joint that's bringing a supply. And this church can only build so much momentum when we have so many people here. But if people are missing, it's hard. I'm just going to say it's hard. And we'll get to going a certain way and the Holy Spirit will do something. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, all it takes is two or more when we're gathered in his name. But there's so much more when the corporate body comes together. And we're drawn on the Holy Ghost and we're filled up. We come ready. We're filled up. Come ready. Don't come just to get filled. You can get filled while you're here. But get filled at home on a day-to-day basis and come in here filled up and bring people in. We're to be the light of the world. We're, We're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Do you know that Liberty Hill was named after a revival? Liberty Hill? Let's be Liberty Hill. Let's be the light on the hill. But we have to get filled up with the oil. Our lamps have to be filled up with oil so that we can shine bright for the kingdom of heaven. Last year at Christmas time, I went to Costco and I saw these really cool. I meant to get one. They're in the back. I think I bought them for the church too. They had these really cool like set of lights or lamps. You pop it open, pull it, and then it's really bright. And for whatever reason, I thought, oh, I think my husband might like those. I'll get him those. And so we, I bought them. And uh, guess what happened? We had a freeze in February. Guess what happened because of the freeze? We had no electricity. Guess what happens when your electricity goes off? It's dark. <laughs> you can't see. And so guess what I had on hand because I was just following my heart about what to buy. And so, and I'm not saying yay me, but I'm just saying we had the lamps They were there when we needed them. It was accessible. It was available to us. We have them here too. So my point is, when there is a need in your life, and you are led by the Holy Ghost to fill up in those times when you don't think you're going to need it, you might feel full already right now, and you might think, oh, I've been in the Word all day. I'm good. I'm good. But, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's saying, you know, I I want you to take a season where you just get filled up. Because there might be something that you're going through where you need to be filled up. 
like Emma went through and Daniel recently with their move. And right before they went on that, that journey, she went down to Pastor Mark's to a meeting and got filled up, she and Ryan. And I know a lot of what you received from that, those meetings filled her up and enabled her and kept her light shining, even though it was difficult at times, but it kept her running. It kept her motor running. What is oil? It's fuel. It's fuel. It keeps things going. So what happens when you run on dry? You run out. There's no strength. But I'm just going to say this. We are made in such a way where we have to be filled. So we're going to fill up, but we're going to fill up with the wrong thing. And I don't know that very much about cars, but when I get inside there to fill my window washer stuff, I very much am careful about reading the caps to make sure I'm not putting in the oil. Because I know that would probably damage my car if I put window washer fluid in my oil. And so it's important that you're not putting the wrong thing in your tank because you're going to run out and you could mess up the engine a little bit. You need the correct oil in your lamp so that it will enable you to keep moving, to fill up and keep moving. All right, I went on a little journey there, but that's okay. So part of the church, the, the five of the, of the virgins that did not fill up, it's the church who is lukewarm. They've got hardened hearts maybe carrying offenses, discouraged, distracted, entangled, preoccupied. What was the job of the, the, the virgins? It was their job to carry the lamps for the wedding. It was their job. They were bearers of light. And only five of them succeeded with what the job they were given to do. We are called to be light bearers in this season that we're in right now. Are we filling up so that we can be a light to the world? Now, I'm not saying just lay aside all the things that you have to do as far as your job and your, you know, raising kids and whatever it is you have to, you know, do on a day-to-day -day basis. But I'm saying, make sure that God is first, that he, you put him first in your life. I did this. I, I like doing this. I, I like getting my time in in the morning because to me, it's like giving my first fruit it's the first fruit of my day. It's just like tithing and giving. It's the first fruit. And I found that when I give him the first fruit, he supplies more. I don't know how it works, but I end up having more time on my hands at the end of the day when I give him the first fruit. How many have ever done that? Yes. So it's important we're giving him our first fruit of everything. Amen. So Matthew 5.13, are you with me? Are you hot? I think it's hot. Matthew 5, 13 says, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, its strength, its quality, how can its saltiness be restored? It is not good for anything any longer, but to be thrown out and trodden underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a, under a peck measure, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all the house, all the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your moral excellence and praiseworthy, noble, and good deeds and recognize the honor and praise and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So our light is to be shining and giving glory to God. Bottom line, we have to be the salt and the light. Amen? We're the light of the world. No one hides a light. So how many have ever been to a concert and you, and you turn yourself, they turn their cell phones on, the light? Does anybody like hide it down here? 
What do they do? And they wave it. <laughs> they don't just put it up. They wave it around. What? Or a lighter, whatever you, I don't, I never had a lighter, but. Did you have a lighter? Okay. I never had a lighter. Yeah? Okay. Cell phones now. So what do we do when we're at a concert? We don't hide our light. We shine it. We, li we lift it up higher so all can see. That's the way our hearts, that's the way our lives should be. Amen? We're, we're lighting up the world with who we are and what Jesus is doing in our lives. So all ten went to sleep. All ten of the virgins went to sleep. And, and by the way, the word virgin there is, is important for us to note because virgin actually, you know, means pure and sanctified and set apart. And it's because of the blood of Jesus. So they were virgins for that reason, because of that reason. Um, so ten went to sleep and the bridegroom, it says, was delayed. The word says that no one knows the day or the hour. And it seems right now that he's delayed. Some people say, oh, you know, some of my kids say, oh, I've been hearing he's been coming back forever and ever. Well, I, you know, maybe God's being merciful on those who have not accepted him yet. I don't know. We don't know why. Even he doesn't know why or when he's coming. Only the Father knows why. There might be a delay, but he is coming. And the Word says several times in the, word, in the Bible that he comes like a thief in the night. Now, I've never had a thief come in the night. Thank you, Jesus. Never will. Plead the blood. But I can imagine if a thief comes in the night, it's quick, it's quiet, hopefully. <laughs> That's what they do. I don't know. They sneak around. It's quick. It's quiet. And you don't even know they're there. It's a thief. He comes like that, quick. So we need to be ready. We need to be filled up. Our lamps need to be filled up. How many know that song? Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Keep me, give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, burning, burning. Keep me burning till the break of day. Sing, Hosanna. You guys know that? So, you're going to be leaving here singing that song. Okay, so, it says they all went to sleep. Five of them were prepared, five of them were not. How many know when you go to sleep? I did this uh, one of our trips. I did not pack the night before. I was so tired. I could not do it. I was just tired. I said, I'll just get up early. And I couldn't sleep very well because I was unprepared. My sleep was not very sweet. It was in the back of my mind I was sleeping, but I was thinking, I got to get up, got to get up, got to get up, you know. And that's what happens. You, when you are unprepared and you're not ready for the coming and for the revival that's getting ready, well, we're here, it's already happening. If we're not being filled up with the oil of the Holy Ghost, then we're, we're, we're not sleeping, we're not resting well because we know we're not ready. We know we're not ready. The Holy Spirit will work on our hearts and say, get up and do something, get filled up. You need to get ready. There's no rest when you're unprepared. So what symbolizes sleep when it talks about sleep? Sleep is, is the demands of life. We've talked about it, the rhythms of life. We get caught up in life, the cares and the stresses, and they all went to sleep. They all did, but five were ready. So it's important we're ready. So the oil represents the Holy Spirit, and you guys know that. The power, the word says the Holy Spirit comes to give us power to be witnesses in Acts 1.8. It says, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be filled, filled. There's the word, filled, filled. Say filled. I will be filled with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea and distant provinces, 
uh, provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. So oil is fuel. Lamps don't burn without fuel. And what is that fuel? It is the anointing of the Holy Ghost. How many have ever experienced the anointing on your life? Man, there is nothing like it. And that's what we flow from. That's what we function with. The anointing is within us because we have the Holy Spirit when we became born again. But then we get filled up with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking. And that is the power that we flow from. The Word of God says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Living water. When there's a river flowing, you can't control it. It just keeps coming up and out. We went, uh, what was that called? When we went river rafting. I feel like I'm playing Pictionary or charades. River rafting. And I think the highest one is a five. And we thought we were on like a two or three. We were on a four. And you guys, I'm a scaredy cat of water. It's like I can swim, but I don't like rushing, mighty, freezing cold water with rocks all around it. So we get in this water raft, and he has to, were you on the front? He was on the front, and Scotty was on the other front. And we had a guide in the back, and the guide would yell out. What did he say? We don't remember. Well, he would. He told us. Well, I don't remember. It's, it's just coming up. It's just coming up as the Holy Ghost is telling me right now to say this. So I'm going with it. So, anyways, <laughs> my husband and Scott were on the front on each side, and the guide was on the back, and he'd yell out, "Go to the left," or two, two rows left, one row right, whatever. And I thought, dear Lord, he said, now if we tip, just make sure you don't get under the raft. I'm thinking, dear Jesus, we could tip. We're going to tip. And I had, a, I had a, one of those suits on that's supposed to keep you warm. Not. I think it kept me cold. I had that rubber thing on. I was freezing. It's the coldest I've ever been in my whole life. And I'll just give you a little snippet of information. My sister-in-law, she's like the queen of Colorado mountains. She didn't have one of those nifty outfits on like I did. She went out barren. Well, you know, clothes, but no, no plastic thing. No wetsuit. And she's just smiling and having a great old time. We got off the raft, and I was like, it was cold. She goes, oh, it wasn't that bad. My whole body was frozen. It was freezing. What was my point in saying this? <laughs> yeah, we have a guide on the inside. So they were following the guide. Had they not listened to him on the back of the boat, we probably would have dumped. And so it's important that we're getting filled up with the Holy Spirit and listening to his voice so we don't end up messing up our lives. Amen. Now, God's always there. He's merciful and gracious to catch us and give us a new start. Thank God. But who wants to catch up with our messes? Let's, let's just get it right the first time. Amen. Let's listen to the guide on the inside. And it's important that we get filled up with the Spirit so we know what His voice sounds like. Amen. Are y'all with me? So we have to cultivate his presence. So we, under, we know his voice. We hear his voice. We recognize his voice. And the voice of a stranger, we do not follow. Praise God. So we can't copy the world and expect to look or sound like the kingdom of heaven. We can't copy the world and what the world is doing. We can't just, you know, the word says that we're in the world, but we're not of it. We're of another kingdom. We're, we're, we're aliens, 
we're of another kingdom. I always try to tell my kids this. They're like, everybody, everybody cusses. Everybody does this. Everybody does that. I said, you don't have to do it. You're of another kingdom. That's not who you are. You're a child of God. Still working on it with a couple of them. But, <laughs> but praise God. Well, no. I'm, I'm being nice. Praise God. So the, my important, I think I stepped on some feet when I said that. I'm sorry if I did, but you know what? We're to walk a narrow path. This came to me the other day. We were, we were talking. Wide is the way, but, but narrow is the path that we need to take. And, and uh, I've been accused of having, being narrow-minded. And I'm narrow-minded because my path is narrow. I can't afford to have a, a mind that's open to everything. I'm not going to just accept everything that's going on in the world. If I look like the world and I act like the world and I talk like the world and I sound like the world, how can I be a witness to the world? I just blend in. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to sound different. We're supposed to affect people when we get around them. We're supposed to be a light and a witness of God. Amen? Praise God. And the way we do that is we get filled up with his presence. We're carriers of his glory. Ephesians 3.19 says that you may really come to know, that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled. There it is, filled. How many want to be filled? Through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. I want to be flooded with God himself. Amen? You want to be flooded? I was going to bring some oil and illustrate, but I decided not to. I didn't want to make a mess. But I was going to show you, you know, if I were to pour oil into a, a cup, an empty cup, fill it all the way to the top, and this is just, you know, simple, and keep filling it up and it overflows the cups around it or the things around it or the table that's sitting on is going to be affected by the oil, right? There's going to be an overflow. There's going to be a spilling out. You know, when I was at this meeting last week, um, <laughs> sometimes your gifts uh, get you into trouble, not trouble, but I just, I just, I have a teaching thing on me and a prophetic thing on me. And when people start asking me questions, it just comes up out of me. And I go, I'm sorry for saying so much. <laughs> No, no, no. You know, I started talking to another lady, and I, I stepped into some things that I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. She goes, no, I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it. But, you know, your gifts will flow out of you if you're filled up with the Spirit, and, and you know, you don't even know it's happening. And then you try to apologize, but that's who you are. That's what God made you to be. Amen? Now, I, I have to stay in my lane with my pastor. I have to make sure that I'm submissive to him and, and I respect what he is doing and, I, and I'm doing my very best to do that. But when he wants me to get in his lane, I will. <laughs> when he calls on me to help, I will. But when we're filled up like that, it overflows and it, you can't help but affect people all around you. 
You just can't help but open your mouth and say something about God because he's so good. You can't help but just say, open your mouth and say something about some revelation that you got from the word of God because you've just seen something so cool about God, a new thing that you didn't have yesterday. And tomorrow there'll be something else because you're just filled up with the Holy Ghost and he's just bringing light in all these areas. Many faceted is the Holy Spirit. There's never an end to what he has to give us, to show us, to bring us. I'm just wanting to stir you up because I know that gift on the inside of you is just aching for more. And I want to encourage you, get more. You can have it. It's available. It's available to everyone. He is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of gender. He's no respecter of age. If you're living and breathing, then he's ready to pour out his spirit upon you tonight. Amen? Amen. So we're fixing to get filled up next week. How many enjoyed our dinner on Sunday? those of you who are here, and we're fixing to get filled up again next week. How many like Thanksgiving? How many like it? And what do you usually say when you get done? Man, I'm so full. And yeah, you're in a carb coma, and you're ready to go hit the couch. I, I like one time Hayden said, uh, what was it he said? He got so filled up, he goes, I think I need to go run around the block. He said, you know that scripture where it says, uh, uh, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. <laughs> he thought if he, he pressed down, shaken together, and run it over, he could put in some more. <laughs> I thought, oh, they, he knows the word anyways. Praise God. <laughs> but that's what happens when we get filled up. It just overflows. And that's what our oil is supposed to be doing. It's supposed to be helping us, but it's supposed to be helping others. How many have a cell phone? Where's my cell phone? How many, let me borrow somebody's cell phone. How many love your cell phone? I love my cell phone. How many go to bed with your cell phone? You don't have to say. You don't have to say. How many plug in your jealous? How many plug in your, how many plug your cell phone in every night? Have to. Have to? Why do you have to? And, and. It's got to get, what? Charged? So would you say that with, some, not you, but with some people, it's more important to charge their phone than it is to charge their spirits? <laughs> I'm not accusing you. But what I'm saying is I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know. We can be so, and I'm stepping on my own toes here. We can be so adamant about getting this phone charged and this iPad charged and all the technical things charged and making sure that everything is working and our mind is on so many other things, planning and making sure it's ready to go. Is your spirit charged? Is it filled up with the spirit? Is it ready to go in case you have to raise somebody from the dead tomorrow? No, I'm serious. Because it's happened, and it will happen. The meeting I was just at, uh, the minister said she was flowing in the spirit, and, and she stays filled. She said there was a baby there she prayed for who had um, Downs, and another one who had autism. And she said they were both healed. Now, you can't, you can't affect the kingdom uh, in that regard, in that way, on an empty tank. You got to be filled up with the Holy Ghost. You got to be filled up to overflowing because what is it? It's our power. 
Back in Acts 1.8. Read it to me, Acts 1.8. Somebody? I lost my place. Did I get to it yet? Yeah, there it is. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. I promise you. It will come upon you and you will be filled with power. Why? So you can be a witness. What is a witness? You know why people loved our service last week with Chad? Because it was a witness of God's power. People were being healed and being affected and seeing that they, can, they are in union with Christ and there's an identity that they have in Christ and they can do what Christ did. That the overcoming power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in them and able to be an effect for the kingdom of heaven. It's hope. It gives us hope. We used to do, uh, when we were worship life, we used to do once every six weeks, we did services called Hope and Healing. Because people need healing, especially now after COVID. They need healing. And what brings, what healing brings is hope. Both ways. You need hope and you need healing. You need healing, you need hope. A lot of people out there that are hopeless. And if we're not charged up, filled up with the oil of the Holy Spirit, we're not ready. There are people coming in here on our Sundays. And they are wanting a touch from heaven. They're wanting a touch from heaven. You know, we sang that song, Heaven on Earth. You guys know that? You guys know that song? We don't, I don't think we sing it. Heaven on Earth. Uh, miracles and wonders. Uh, what is it? How's it go? Thunder. Something about thunder. Sound of many waters. Heaven on Earth. That part where it says the sound of many waters. It kept ringing in my spirit. The sound of many waters. The sound of many waters. What's the sound of many waters? I know it's scriptural. Lightning and thunder. Miracles and wonder. The sound of many waters. Well, if the, if the Holy Spirit is flowing through us like a river, then there can be lots of that sound coming out of us as a corporate body. Amen? The sound of many waters coming together. The corporate body flowing in what God's called us to do. It's not just about one man. It's about the body. It's about the whole body, the strength of the whole body coming together. Amen? So we need to cultivate his presence so there is more. You know, we get excited and we say, oh, there's more. There is more. There is more, but you got to get up and get it. I can tell my kids there's more brownies in the, in the kitchen. Well, could you just bring me one? No, get up and get it. How bad do you want it? Get up and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Get up in the early hours if you need. Go to bed later if you need. Whatever it is you need to get filled up with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay, I'm trying to wrap it up here, guys. Is this helping you? Okay, so. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. This is Amplified. Look carefully, then how you walk. This is the scripture. This is not me saying. This is scripture saying, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully. I could just stop right there. Live purposefully. What is living purposefully? Someday I'm going to stand before Jesus on my own without my husband, and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you to do? I put a call in your life, in your heart, I equipped you with the anointing. I put my word and my spirit in you. You opened your mouth. I said I'd fill it. What did you do with it? 
oh, I'm sorry, I was, I was busy. I was, I was trying to pastor people. I was attending homeschooling. I have a lot of things I do. But I'm supposed to be living purposefully, and the purpose that I have on my life is pur- kingdom purpose. Plans, purposes, and pursuits in my heart for what he's called me to do. And if there's too much on my plate to keep me from doing that, then I need to do something different with my plate. We are at the end of our run, and we need to speed up our run. And if we're so completely occupied with everything that's going on around us, and we're weighty with... The weightiness is the anointing. It's the purpose. It's the plan. The weightiness should be what God's called us to. There is a weight to what God's called you to do. Do you guys feel that? What God's called you to do, there's a weight. And he wants us to do something with it. Give it to him and let him direct our lives. Amen? And, uh, and then it says, live purposefully and worthily and accurately. How do we do that? Well, we have a great GPS on the inside, a navigator, the Holy Ghost. He will show us how to do this accurately. Not as the unwise and witless. Man, those are some strong words. I'm not even going to go into them. But as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Making the very most of the time. Buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. How many would say the days are evil right now? And becoming more and more evil. But we are here for such a time as this to make a change, to make a difference, to redirect people, to direct people towards God, to get them away from the evil and to the the hope. There is a hope, and we carry her. We carry that. We're hope carriers. We're hope givers. Amen? So make the very most of the time buying up each opportunity. How many opportunities are we missing to share the love of Jesus if we are so Occupied with so many other things because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. And do and I'm not here to tell you what the will of the Lord is. Only you can know that. Only you can know that. And I'm not, and this is not to bring it heavy to anybody. I'm just giving you what I got today. And I've already been corrected. And I'm saying, okay, God, help me with this. Because I know this was from the Lord. And he wants us to make some crooked places straight right now. He can do the crooked places straight, but he needs us to walk it out. We pray that. Lord, make the crooked places straight, the rough places smooth. And we're standing in the same spot. I'm in the waiting. He's like, I made the crooked places straight. Could you walk through the valley of the shadow and get to the other side, please? Right? So do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. We're to be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. There's a reason why there's other things that are called spirits. And they try to control you. And the word says to not partake. The word to partake of the Holy Spirit. To be stimulated by him. If I'm being stimulated by something else, then he can't have control over my life. Amen? So... I want to yield myself over to the one and only Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be faithful. It's what is needed to stay full of oil. Be faithful. God wants us to be faithful. Praise God. 
you know, when we have our cell phones and they get empty and we have to plug them in, if it's been empty for a long time, this happens with mine. Sometimes I have to, sorry, I'm going over a little bit. I have to plug it in and leave it there for just a few minutes because it doesn't just pop right on because it's been off for a while. Sometimes it takes some time. If we're empty, we need to get filled up. If it's been dead a while, it takes some time to charge, right? It has to recognize the charging source. You got to recognize your source. Amen. So there's people waiting on your oil and your light. Who is not being affected right now for the kingdom because we are maybe preoccupied and doing other things? The beginnings of revival is taking place right now. And I don't want to miss out on what God is doing. I want to come back to my first love. I want to do what he's called us to do. Amen. As, a, as an individual, but also corporately as a body of believers. Amen. Praise God. How many are with me on that? Amen. So let's stand.